0: On today's episode, we have Alyssa's Run Smarter success story. Welcome to the Run Smarter podcast. The podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life. But more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers Thanks Run Smarter Scholars for joining me once again. We have another success story and I think we have another success story lined up in a couple of weeks' time as well. Um, I enjoy these because it's spreading positivity. It's spreading um, optimism in an area where you know some people might be injured and they seek answers and find, say, doom and gloom. They think their injury is going to be prolonged, they're going to lose their fitness, they're going to develop into this chronic, nasty condition when, in fact, if you start, in most cases, if you start implementing the right lessons from throughout this podcast, you can see that it takes a bit of dedication, might take a bit of patience, but in the end, more often than not, success is on the other side. And Alyssa's story, um, we have this foot pain that developed and it was sort of arch pain and then it was a little bit of this posterior tibial tendon, which is like on the inside of the ankle and attaches onto the, the arch of the foot. Very frustrating condition. Um, I worked with Alyssa myself and we built a, a management plan and Alyssa's here to tell a story. And there was a little bit of back and forth. There was a little bit of um, me explaining the particular management, why we chose certain directions and Alyssa talking about what she found particularly helpful and talking about her symptoms and recovery. And so it's not necessarily Alyssa telling her whole entire story. Like I say, there is a bit of back and forth of me trying to communicate the, the effectiveness of the lessons and the effectiveness of the steps that we implemented. And yeah, um, Alyssa's obviously being a success story is seeing significant gains and look forward to bringing you her story. Alyssa, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you, I am so thrilled, this is exciting.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to, to share your story um, because we've been working together for quite some time now. And I think the, the lessons along the way and the story is uh, something that a lot of runners will benefit from. So um, thanks for coming on, thanks, to, thanks for agreeing to do this. Um, do you mind maybe just starting off with, first of all, how did your running journey begin?
1: Well, um, when I was in college, I attempted to start running then and uh, I had this horrible reaction to running. I would itch and itch and itch. And so I always uh, joked that I was allergic to running, which um, (laughs) was a good excuse not to do it, I guess, but always wanted to. And so uh, I consistently started going to the gym in my early 40s. And about a year and a half of that, I said, well, it's now or never. I really want to want to do this. So um, when I was 44, which is February of 20, I guess I was 43. Actually, I went on my first couch to 5k run and had a successful outing with no itching. And so I continued on that journey and haven't looked back. Fell in (laughs) love with it. Love it. Well done.
0: (laughs) Well, good to see that your allergies have subsided and you're able to do the, the, the activity that you really wanted to do. And it only took you, you know, until age 43 to do so.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and so how did that progress? Like what did you, I guess, build up to um, it, how far beyond the, the cash to 5K did you go and what races did you compete in?
1: Uh, well, I signed up for my first 5K that April and did that it's just a local race which ended up being virtual um, for obvious reasons but i did several virtual ones all through 2020 um, and then did a 10k in april of this year and that's been my longest distance um, and uh, you know like most runners we get anxious and i ended up going too much too soon too fast at the end of 2020 and ended up with a stress fracture. It was wonderful <laughs> but you <laughs> you know you have to stay off of your off of your running for a while with that so that just about killed me but I had built my um, running back up uh, to where I was running pretty consistently about six days a week and until this injury occurred. so
0: mm. it's been a, Whereabouts a bumpy was journey the stress fracture. I'm sorry. Whereabouts in the body was the stress fracture?
1: I was on my left foot.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And had there been any other injuries um, prior to the one we're about to talk about?
1: No, other than the stress fracture, that's been it.
0: Okay. So after the stress fracture, you say you got back to running, back to running six days per week. And so when did this, um, this other foot pain start manifesting itself?
1: Well, and I think it was around July of this year. Um, like I said, I had built back up to about six days a week, mostly road running or treadmill running. I've never done any off-road running just because I, at my age, I didn't want to break something, <laughs> tripping on a root or, or a, a hole. But um, at the end of one of the runs I was doing that day, I went off-road just a little bit to extend my distance and ended up twisting my right foot, ankle. Um, So I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's what caused this, but that is when the pain started was after I twisted the ankle. And so the pain started kind of in the arch, the back of the arch of my right foot, uh, just kind of a dull bruise type pain that, you know, was just annoying, but not too bad. And then it just gradually increased from there.
0: Okay. When you say you twisted the ankle, was it kind of that classic rolling onto the outside of the ankle that people describe if they misstep on something um or did it twist in another direction
1: oh no it was the classic roll to the outside i just misstepped um on some uneven ground and there it went so
0: yeah right and so as the days progressed you said you started to know some pain like more around the arch bruising kind of symptoms around the arch did it get better or did it get worse did how, how did symptoms progress beyond that point?
1: Oh, it no, it gradually uh, got worse. Of course, I wasn't going to stop running because it wasn't enough pain to do that. But as it increased, I noticed that at the beginning of my runs, about two or two to five minutes in, there would be pain and then the pain would go away. And so I, I just, you know, continued to run through the pain until it got to the point where... Uh, the pain would get worse once the once the run was over, and I was starting to limp as I walked, and you know, knew I needed to do something at that point.
0: Mm. I think that's a, a pretty good lesson because one of the th- the lessons I teach often to my runners is that pay attention to symptoms over twenty four hours because sometimes tendon issues, sometimes muscle injuries, sometimes plantar fasciitis can have this warm-up effect where, you know, the first few minutes of your running is particularly irritable. But then when the body warms up, so does the symptoms and they kind of settle down, sometimes pain-free. And you can kind of see that as a green light to continue running. And it's not until afterwards, once you've cooled down later in the day or the next day, that symptoms start to ramp back up again and more severe. If, if you've overdone things. So, would you say that was a pretty classic presentation with your symptoms?
1: Absolutely. That's ex- exactly what happened.
0: <laughs> and did you ever contemplate like reducing your running or reducing the frequency of your running because you did get to the point of limping afterwards or the next morning? Or did you just continue to take advantage of that warm up effect and just persist?
1: Uh initially yes I I was hard-headed and continued to run because that's just what I love to do. Um but <laughs> out of necessity eventually I had to decrease my running and I I did consult a few friends who um have a background in physical therapy and they you know advised me the classic rest your foot, you know, for so many days and then gradually get back to running and that that sort of helped initially. Um but It did not solve the problem.
0: (laughs) Another very common. Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five-day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign-up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. Um display that I see is yes the stubborn runner who just continues through the symptoms until the symptoms are so severe that they're unable to run that's when they stop that it's almost like you say out of necessity Uh, (laughs) so the few days off and then a gradual return back to running you said had initial success
1: it did I, I did some biking on the days I didn't run and then on the running days I did a lot of walking and just slow jogging if I could tolerate it um, did some band uh, strength exercises um, at night, but it did help initially. Um, I'm on my feet a good bit when I am on my work schedule, and I noticed on those days it really would flare up quite a bit um, to the point where I was having to wear a, a stabilization boot, kind of a boot where it just immobilizes the foot on at work just to kind of help alleviate some of the pain.
0: Mm. Let's dive into that because when we started working together, I recognized that your work schedule was going to be a big factor with your recovery. Do you mind just explaining what your hours are like and what your usual schedule is?
1: Oh, sure. Um, I am a pharmacist. And so I um, am lucky enough to have a week on work at work and a week off at home. Um, but on my week at work, I'm on my feet constantly about 10 to 11 hours a day um, with very little. There's no time to break. So that is pretty stressful on the foot, especially if you're having issues. Uh, and I noticed on those weeks, um, of course, it, it would flare up pretty good. So,
0: mm. yeah, so uh, you you tried a few different things. You tried reducing your running mixing it in with some walking, do a lot more, I guess, cycling on your non-running days, try some strengthening exercises with a TheraBand, just um, pushing the ankle in all different directions. And you saw that it reduced symptoms, but didn't completely go away. And then if you mix that with your loading at work, um, those particular weeks where you had to do all that standing, the ankle would be a lot worse. But on those weeks where you had work off, it would be a little bit better, but still not contributing to the overall healing. It'd sort of go through that cycle. Would, would you agree with that?
1: Oh, correct. And, and on my weeks off, of course, it would feel better. And then on those days, you know, being again, a hard-headed runner, I would push it on those days because I knew it felt better. So that probably wasn't a good thing to do either.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's good to to delve into the mindset of like or oh, your thinking process at least, because when we started working together and you were explaining this, um, I obviously thought something needed to change within your weekly schedule because you're seeing no no carryover in treatment. It's not um, week by week. There's no improvement. It's like right. if anything, it was slowly getting worse or just staying really agitated and me like my mind instantly goes to okay how can you offload the foot enough so that it can start healing but uh, we tried coming up with a few different options to your work okay can you sit down can you take breaks can you reduce your hours like any sort of loading modification which was very difficult to do and you ended up having like little breaks here and there to sit down for a couple of minutes every few hours or something but it was very hard to negotiate.
1: Yes, that's true. I, I did force myself to, to take a break and sit down at least 15 minutes, you know, every so often during the day, but it, it's difficult to do, but I, I managed.
0: <laughs> mm. And as the, these weeks were going on, was the pain remaining just in the arch of the foot? Um, did you, as it started to remain irritated, were symptoms changing at all?
1: Um, It stayed in the same area, uh, but it did become more of a sharp shooting type pain versus the dull bruise type pain. So, you know, mm-hmm. as the pain increased, it, it became a lot more prominent, but in the same yep. area.
0: Okay. And we obviously started working together um, with the the initial, I guess, start in physio treatment when we built out a management plan, were there any particular aspects that you found most helpful
1: um in our initial assessment when you went through the phys the the physiology of the tendon and how it attaches and works that was very eye-opening to me and then on um, I think in the first few days of our working together you had me video my running and you assessed it as we were on a call and just your explanation of the stride length or stride width, I think, is is what it's called. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, placement of the foot and the fact that I'm a toe runner um, and how all of that increases the load on that tendon just made so much sense. So I've, I, that was very eye opening to me.
0: Yeah, and the the tendon that we we're mainly talking about was the tibialis posterior, which was where you're mainly getting your symptoms from, kind of like the back of that that ankle bone, and when I analyzed your running, it's actually very unique. And I know you talk about um, 10% of runners being forefoot runners or toe runners, but you're just, (laughs) you're (laughs) you're running with so much beyond that because not only were you contacting with your toes, but your heels weren't even touching the ground. Usually (laughs) when we talk about forefoot runners, they contact the ground with the forefoot, but then their heel makes contact with the ground soon after that. But yours were totally in the air the whole entire time and so that was putting a tremendous amount of load through the tendons because they're not really getting much of a break and so that was um eye opening for me to look at and I guess eye opening for you for me to kind of like explain what's going on uh and the management plan that I came up with or we sort of came up with was during your work weeks was going to be our time to try and deload as much as we can and set or assign certain run-walk dosages um, on those work weeks. But then on your weeks off, we had a little bit more leeway in terms of how much walk-running you could do, and we sort of set parameters around that. did you like following that particular structure? Did you see the benefit of it? Oh, I guess um, I should ask, did you start seeing initial success once we built out that management plan?
1: You know, um, I think the first week we did it was the week on work, I believe, and it was a 2 minutes jog, 2 minutes walk for I think it was eight or ten rounds, I don't remember now. But um, just having that every other day and those Uh, the lower impact during the actual running days that uh, appeared with correcting um, the stride width, I I did see uh, immediate improvement.
0: That's, it's good to know because this, these, I guess, running rules or management plans can apply to a lot of running injuries out there for like the listeners. So um, we did assign a couple of, Running rules: one that the pain shouldn't be more. Well, it, the pain should stay under a three out of ten during your running, but then symptoms needed to return to baseline in less than twenty four hours. And that that was um, on both of those weeks. It didn't matter what week it was, whether it was the work week or the the week off. Those running rules and those pain rules needed to remain the same. And once we assigned those running dosages, that two minutes on, two minutes off for a set amount of rounds. Um, it was then decided to do it every second day. So I run every second day so that you could have a day off to interpret, okay, how am I feeling compared to the day before? If it is it worse? Is it better? Or is it about the same? So that we could, I guess, accurately interpret what um, whether you were responding well to these dosages or not, or whether um, I feel like if people run every day or if they do exercise every day, especially in the initial initial phase of the management, it's really hard to tell what you're responding to and what you're not responding to. But I also had you comment on those runs and comment on the pain levels day by day, which you're still doing. Uh, um, right. Initially, <laughs> did you find that quite useful?
1: I really did. And it helped me kind of see um, differences between weeks on and weeks off as far as work goes and the pain levels and uh, keep up with run-to-run type things. That I found that very helpful.
0: Great. And not only did we work on the running dosages and say, okay, these are the, the running minutes, walking minutes, how many rounds, pain levels every second day, but we also concurrently alongside that did some strengthening exercises apart from your band exercises that you already had prescribed. Um, We ended up doing um, some barefoot balancing and some, some weighted (laughs) calf raises. How'd you go with those particular exercises?
1: Oh, those beautiful, (laughs) beautiful (laughs) single leg balances. Uh, (laughs) Those were a lot tougher than I thought they would be. Um, But I feel like they played a very big part in um, the improvement that I've seen. So I'm continuing to do those and I, I, I've grown to love, hate them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Usually people have that with, um, with particular exercise that they see benefit in, but hate doing them in the, like in the moment. Um, was there anything else in the particular management plan or anything in your work schedule that you changed that you found particularly helpful to overall contribute to the healing?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that question.
0: Well, I, did you keep the brace on as well? Did that?
1: No, I ditched. I ditched the brace. Um, I, di- I didn't need it anymore. Um, I, other than sticking with the scheduled um, runs and the prescribed dosages and the strengthening, um, and then as far as the work schedule and that load taking some time to sit and rest. Um, I think initially we had a back-to-back running day and we quickly realized that was not going to work. So staggering the runs to every other day, um, all of those things. uh, I can't think of anything else that I might have added, but Hmm.
0: that was it. Were you initially frustrated or um, did you because a lot of times I said, I know you mentioned you said you started some walk running prior to working together. Um, But when I assigned you those particular dosages, they're obviously very low amounts. Um, Mm -hmm. Was it frustrating? Did you want to run more? um, Or (laughs) did you find that particular groove okay?
1: Yeah, that that first uh, run walk with the two minutes on, two minutes off, I was frustrated with the two minutes of walking, but <laughs> um, I, by the second or third time that I did it, I, I wasn't I wasn't uh, hating it so much because there were so many rounds of it that I felt like I was making progress. But yeah, that initial first run walk, it was a lot of walking, a lot more walking than I was used to doing.
0: Mm. Uh, I found a lot of runners that I work with particularly ones that only do continuous running. And then I have to introduce some walk runs. They just find it so uncomfortable (laughs) just to stop and then start again and then stop and then start again. But when they see the benefits and they see that they're actually progressing in their mileage, they can learn to love it. Some people actually learn to like enjoy the breaks, but um, each to their own, I guess.
1: It definitely made the running uh, that length of time a lot more enjoyable getting those breaks. So I I don't Mm. hate it anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it was only about two weeks before we started to notice like a downtick in your baseline symptoms, like your day-to-day symptoms um, would creep down and your work week symptoms would remain stable. They wouldn't really flare up to particularly high numbers. And so we then tried to just slowly increase that running mileage and so your weeks off that running dosage would increase a bit um the weeks on the weeks during your work uh we increased a little bit but still not as much as your your weeks off and so continued with that plan and just based on symptoms and just looking at your comments and looking at everything week by week it seemed like symptoms were not only remaining stable but actually continuing to to improve. And so um, that's like with having at that stage, you probably had pain for about three or four months, maybe four months. And like to see such an improvement in a couple of weeks was, was very encouraging. So um, I guess that was kind of relieving for you. And I I, um, don't want to put words in your mouth, but I guess giving you enough permission to steady the course and seeing what you're doing is working and then continue following those rules.
1: Oh my goodness, I was so excited when my foot started uh, getting better, in the initial pain waking up in the morning and not having to limp uh, initially, it was, I, you have no idea. Um, so much so that the, I think it was the last week in November, you allowed me to do a five-mile uh, run, which I did interval, um, and didn't have much of an uptick in pain that day and went back to baseline the next morning. So I was so encouraged by that. Mm. Uh,
0: I want to ask this question because not only when I work with someone, do I want to build out a plan, but I also want to help educate people along the way and help them build their own tools and strategies for their injury in the future, say when we're not working together or if a new injury arises in the future, you can develop a, a few more tools and strategies to, to overcome and negotiate on your own. Um, and I think, uh, in a previous episode, I was talking about, um, patient independence and like kind of building on, like trying to learn, uh, instill some practices yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you learned throughout this process, any particular tools or strategies, um, for not only overcoming this injury, but, Any injuries in the future?
1: Be patient. (laughs) (laughs) That is the biggest thing is to be patient, um, not to add too much too soon um, because I want to avoid injury in the future. I have a goal for 5K time and I haven't been able to get there yet because (laughs) it feels like I've been recovering from injury since I started running. Um, but you know, just be patient and, uh, and the strength exercises are super important as well. Um, so those are my biggest takeaways.
0: Mm. And I guess that was reflecting over not only dealing with pain for, for several months, but also how you initially developed this injury. Like you said, you, um, might have done too much too soon that caused the stress fracture, but right. then probably um, trying to, once you had this this foot pain, just trying to do a bit too much and running through too much and just the symptoms just not getting better week by week.
1: Right, yeah. Um, and I also wanted to mention, cause I hadn't even told you this, but I know several days I would wake up with a zero pain, but even on those days I could move my foot to uh such a degree that i could make it hurt if that makes sense like i could feel where the pain was this morning is the first day that i can't even make it hurt so i am so excited cool congratulations a wonderful job
0: (laughs) well all the hard work's all on you for for executing on it but that's that's really good to hear and very um positive signs for for the future and you've got the I guess, sticking to the management plan because one of the things I like doing is um, keeping you with the, say, return to run, like steps, the progressions, keeping Mm -hmm. you with the spreadsheet so you can document your symptoms and still follow the same plan now that we're not working together and you can just continue moving forward. Um, As we wrap up, um, first of all, a big congratulations on the hard work that you've put in and the results that you've got by the end of it. Um, Are there any other final takeaways for someone who maybe is going through the same injury or similar symptoms and they're really struggling to overcome things? Um, Any other final takeaways?
1: Um, Other than just don't be hard-headed like me and let Mm -hmm. it drag on and on as soon as your um, pain starts and uh, you see that it is not going to go away within 24 to 48 hours, I would seek Um, some help because Mm. it can drag on for months and months and then you are really set back on your goals. So yeah, just don't be hard-headed and be patient.
0: Yeah, well said. Uh, And if I was to kind of elaborate on that a little bit, it's sort of looking in different time scales. Like during your run, yes, you said that um, symptoms improved while you're warming up. But if you just take a, a step back and look over 24 hours, that can paint a pretty good picture and just symptoms before, symptoms during, symptoms afterwards, symptoms the next day, and just trying to interpret, okay, what's going on here? Maybe did I overdo things? Is my injury um, tolerating what I'm putting it through? But then if you take another step back into a further scope and look at things week by week, that's another time scale that people can probably um, analyze and self-reflect on because like in your case, you were saying that um, your week's off, you'd feel a bit better, and you'd be like, "Oh, maybe it is getting a bit better." But then by the next work week, you're like, "Oh, yeah, it's it's really sore again." Maybe I can overcome this the following week. And then if you took a step back and had a look week by week, and saw okay, through this cycle things just aren't getting better. And if you look that over, you know, the space of a whole entire month, obviously things aren't getting better. And so looking at those different time scales and if things aren't improving in the immediate term and in like that that kind of short-term time scale you need to change something like yeah, management absolutely. needs to change otherwise symptoms are going to continue in that same trajectory or that same cycle if you continue doing what you've been doing and so i think that's a really nice lesson to either yourself change the management or seek help to have someone describe a management plan for you or prescribe a management plan I think is um really a a really nice lesson because people live in the heat of the moment people live day by day and interpret things day by day and can't really remember what happened last week and so um very crucial pieces of evidence and very crucial lessons to learn to overcome management or overcome injuries and not continue down the same the same path as. um prevented uh, the recovery in the first place
1: right and I also found it super helpful because I love to know why something happens so when you have an injury like that to have someone analyze your run and maybe see if there's something you're doing as far as your technique that's exacerbating that uh, injury so that was uh, so eye-opening to me
0: yeah Education goes a long way. Uh, Once again, Alyssa, thank you very much for sharing your story. Thanks. uh, Congratulations on your success and best of luck for your running journey in the future.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Brody. This was great.
0: And that concludes another Run Smarter lesson. I hope you walk away from this episode feeling empowered and proud to be a Run Smarter scholar. Because when I think of runners like you who are listening, I think of runners who recognize the power of knowledge, who don't just learn, but implement these lessons, who are done with repeating the same injury cycle over and over again, who want to take an educated, active role in their rehab, who are looking for evidence-based long-term solutions and will not accept problematic quick fixes. And last but not least, Who serve a cause bigger than themselves and pass on the right information to other runners who need it? I look forward to bringing you another episode and helping you on your Run
1: Smarter path.